Hi, my name's Lou, and today I'm going to be reading the internet for you. Why? Well, why not? And today's what is going to be a lovely journey back into the world of drug users and drugs at a forum known as drugsandusers.org. Now, drugsandusers.org was born out of the collapse of Opiophile, which I have read from twice in the past. Opiophile was, of course, the forums for people who love opiates and in all of their myriad forms. And apparently, according to the scuttlebutt about opiophile the owner of the website took a large amount of donations for maintaining the site because he was always doing drives to sort of uh, raise money for servers and all that and apparently just killed the site and took everyone's money um this is of course hearsay i have no idea whether or not it's true but that is the skinny on the internet so some people from that community decided to start a new community and are trying to get it off the ground and it's been around for a little while now not quite as not quite as full as opiophile used to be but Still some interesting topics. So we'll be reading from there today. But before we get to that, I just want to say once again, thanks to everyone who continues to support the podcast on patreon.com. It really is humbling to know that people care enough to support the podcast. And even at a dollar a month, it's uh, fantastic to, to see that every month. And I hope that you guys feel like it's worth it. And I, I appreciate it. And I know some people cancel their subscriptions and that's just how subscriptions go. But uh, for those who've left, I appreciate it. And thank you so much for the money that you uh, were able to donate. And for those thinking about it, give it a shot. See if you notice a dollar missing. <laughs> anyway, and besides that, I have a few magnet uh, requests that were delayed by my job, but they should be going out in the mail today. As always, if you would like a Lou Reed's magnet, it is free. And all you need to do is send me your address, your mailing address, hopefully correct mailing address at Lou Reed's at gmail.com. Uh, as people who have gotten magnets will attest, I reply very quickly and send out magnets also equally quickly. And the cost of mailing the letters is not very much. You know, a magnet will fly in an international letter. It only costs about $1.25 or so to mail it anywhere in the world. And if you live in the U.S., it costs less than that. So don't concern yourself with the cost. I still have about, um, I'd say, 20 or 30 magnets left in the last batch of magnets. So um, if you'd like a magnet, now's the time. And that's all for podcast business. So anyway, let's get right into this episode of Lou Reads the Internet for you, drugsandusers.org. This form also apparently goes by the name Dope Talk, but the URL is drugsandusers.org, hyphenated, drugs hyphen and hyphen users.org. Stop being such sticklers. Okay, so the first post we'll read at drugsandusers.org is in the Dope Talk subform core topics, subform drugs, subform cannabinoids, in a thread started by Zoops, entitled, My Landlord Wants to Murder Me. And it goes like this. The other day when I was completely broken, jonesing bad, I did something kind of dumb. I went out back to the gas grill where my landlord keeps his weed pipe and look in there. The pipe was still packed with about half a bowl of some nice sensimilia. So I picked it up and hit it twice, put it back. Then this morning, the comes at me all mad and is like, quote unquote, why you smoke that weed that was in the pipe? I feigned ignorance, but he had me by rights. I'm moving out on Saturday, but he said something very disturbing to me as he left. I don't want to get in trouble por tu siendo picadito con machete. Brackets, I don't want to get in trouble for you being chopped up with a machete. Honestly, I thought it was forgotten stuff in the pipe. He always leaves half-burnt bowls out there and is always surprised when he finds them, so I thought he wouldn't notice. Just two puffs, but I still shouldn't have done it. But is that worth someone's life? So, if you don't hear from me for a few days, Carlos Rodriguez, brackets, and possible accomplices did it to me. And Sand and Water adds... Oh my God. The first thing that popped into my head was that scene from quote unquote, the heat when Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy were squabbling over the suspect. McCarthy's character says something like quote unquote, yeah, I'll shut the door. I'll slam it on your head a couple of hundred times. The suspect says to Bullock, quote unquote, you zoops. Oh, you better run, run like you on fire. Seriously, I hope you're just kidding and, and aren't actually in danger. And Zoops adds, I seriously hope it was all bravado on his part too, but you can never tell with Salvadorian MS-13 affiliated people. They'll smoke you out 
ask you if you're good and high, then chop you up in little pieces with a machete and laugh about it. Brackets, then go away for 30 years. But I don't doubt he would try to do something to me if caught me making him for his stash again. It wasn't even his quote-unquote stash, more like a discarded half a bowl sitting in the grill in the backyard. Shit, he throws the roaches from blunts out all the time. A little searching by the door to the backyard will usually turn up one or two fat roaches to smoke. And sand and water as again. Eek! We'll be watching for your posts. Dang, just for two hits? Wow. And Zoops adds again. Yeah, it's like a quote-unquote respect thing. He thinks if I am so flippant as to just take two hits off his pipe with weed still in it, then I must think he's a pussy or something. Like, quote-unquote, what are you going to do about it? But honestly, the way he treats his weed, he'd probably just dump out the remainder from what I smoked before packing a new bowl anyway. So it would have been wasted anyhow. That's where the -the over-the-top anger comes from. But he has one of his buddies over right now, and they're playing FIFA soccer on the PlayStation. Probably high as shit. And Dizzle asks, All I want to know is where are you finding these crazy neighbors? The last one got drunk and accused you of stealing a hamburger, then went apeshit on you when you took a cig from a pack you went to the store and bought for him. Then he left tons of bedbugs in the house. Now you have a crazy MS-13 dude that wants to kill you over taking two rips from a bowl that was sitting in a grill in the yard? And Opus adds, A packed pipe hidden in a grill in the backyard is called a quote-unquote stash. If some dude I was renting a room to found my stash and smoked it, you damned skippy, I'd be pissed too. It's not your grill nor your yard to be rooting around in, is it? Low blow, yo. You're right, Zoops. It was a dumb thing to do. And the right way to remedy it is to apologize and kick the guy down a nug, because that shit you smoked wasn't yours regardless of what he does with his roaches. Trying to justify it like that just makes you look worse. It's called, quote-unquote, respect. And Nick adds, I'd have smoked it too, but I'd also have fessed up when asked, explained, and apologized. Might be an idea to move, though. And Narcoticon writes, I don't think he's going to chop you up and turn you into fajitas. That would be extreme, even for someone concerned with quote-unquote respect. That respect crap sounds like stereotypical Latin machismo, IMO. Like you're questioning his manhood or something. He's most likely just being hyperbolic. I do think you should have apologized, though. That is, if you want to remedy the situation. Since you're moving soon, you might just want to brush it off and ignore it. Will you ever see him again after you move? Maybe don't leave a forwarding address just to be safe. If you are turned into fajitas, what type of spices would you like to be seasoned with? LOL, grinning emoticon. And Smacky Doodle 2.0 writes, If this guy is Latino and truly a banger, then I would take it very seriously. Those guys will quote-unquote necklace you, man. Google it. It's a very unpleasant way to go. You need to try and remedy it, as Opus said, but I'd give him a pretty good-sized nug to signify your remorse. Was it worth that 45-minute buzz? You've been to jail slash prison. I'm confused as to how you didn't know better. And Dizzle replies again. Now that I think about it and read Chops and Smacky Doodle's responses, they're right. You should have known better. Get a nug or pack a bowl and smoke him down and apologize. Tell him you won't do it again and you didn't want to piss him off. Now that I'm thinking about it, how would you feel if the tables were turned? I mean, regardless of the roaches he tosses. If you packed a bowl and were saving it for later then found, and then some fucker that's renting from you takes it, I gotta agree with the other guys here. And Z adds, He's probably just mad you're leaving. Wasn't he behind 2K on the rent or something? I wouldn't sweat it. He's probably jealous that you're moving to a better situation and mad that he has to find someone else to pay too much money for your room. And Chipper adds, People shouldn't leave temptation around. You took a gamble and stepped over a boundary. I wouldn't have done it myself. All you can do is apologize and move on. And the talking asshole adds, Maybe offer him some tea. And Zoops adds, That would be something I could do, but I doubt it except probably be suspicious that I was trying to poison him, and that might not go too well. What if he got sick from it? Then I'd really be in trouble. Dude has zero opiate experience. And I'm assuming he's talking about a kratom tea, which is a plant that has opiate properties that people make tea out of and will most likely soon be a scheduled substance. And Corlene adds, You're out of there in under 72 hours. Just avoid him if at all possible. Or go get him a gram and a 22 of Corona, LOL. And Zoops adds again, Preferred method for El Salvadoran gangbangers is either execution-style shot in the back of the head or being dismembered with a machete. Brackets, probably a dull one. Necklacing is more of an African execution method where they put a tire around your neck filled with gasoline and light it on fire. 
and Smacky Doodle ads. I know it's primarily African, but gangsters from Sao Paulo and other South American unsavories do it too. It happened in Max Payne 3, grading emoticon. Either way, I'm genuinely concerned here, man. Hopefully, no machetes or tires in your near future. Journalist Tim Lopes was a more notable victim killed in that fashion, brackets necklacing by Brazilian drug lords. There, it's called microondas, in reference to a microwave oven. And the talking asshole writes, Not that kind of tea. The kind of tea mentioned in Z's new thread. I say you just buy him an ounce, call it even. <laughs> an ounce. And Daughter of Dionysus adds, This is just my experience, being the one on the other end. I left my, brackets, weed grinder, which was full of weed and resin, told her not to touch it, told her not to touch it as I was running up the road for a minute. Well, she took out the weed and cleaned the grinder too. I was pissed as hell. You should, you really should try to make it up to him. And Zoops replies again, Dude is seriously psycho. I mean like bipolar psycho, brackets, not trying to offend all our dear bipolar forum members, because tonight when he came home from work he's all smiling and shit saying hey z what's up man i made some small talk with him in spanish because he appreciates the effort it was just when he came at me all mad and cursing at me in spanish my head started spinning and i was trying to figure out what the fuck he was all mad about thinking in double time i was so taken aback that it didn't even occur to me to fess up and apologize it was like 7 a.m too so that didn't help me think too quickly either i like the idea of getting him a 22 ounce corona i think i'll go down by 7-eleven buy a couple of coronas and offer him one kicking him down a fat nug would be cool too but he's my weed connect so that might be sort of awkward to do ask him if he can get me a bag then offering him some of it man when he's feeling good he's nice as shit but his mood can change so quickly that's what's a little bit scary about him good case for medical marijuana for him smoking seems to chill him out immensely and put him in good humor and zoops continues by saying a 24 ounce of Corona, brackets his favorite, was left in the fridge tonight after he retired to bed, with a note attached saying, quote unquote, a little gift for Carlos, so there aren't any hard feelings between us, brackets in Spanish. Hopefully that'll smooth things over a bit. And I'm moving out tomorrow, brackets technically, since it's actually after midnight, now Friday. Yep, things are moving along now. As long as he doesn't have some crazy murder planned for tonight, brackets later today on Friday, I'm in the clear. If not, I'll fight like hell. For the record, if he asks me to quote-unquote go somewhere with him sometime today or tonight, I'm going to have to respectfully turn him down. It is Friday the 13th, after all. And Der Alte Krieger writes, Are you still alive, Zoops? And Makita adds, His last post was on the 16th, so it seems like he made it out of the house at least. And Daughter of Dionysus replies, He's fine. Talked to him yesterday. He just doesn't have access to his interwebs ATM. And underscore end user finishes the thread by saying, Lols. Hispanic people talking is usually yelling insanely when heard by a gringo. Also, if he's anything like me, if you take away my morning toke, which has been my ritual to keep me from being a really nasty mean person for nearly 10 years now, I will most likely be a really nasty person. It's about respect. You denying that you took it was most likely a greater form of disrespect than taking it. You should have just said, quote unquote, yeah, I was fiending. I apologize. I'll replace it. Lols. MS cats, brackets, especially older ones with fam, wouldn't want to go down for life because of what amounts to a few dollars. Or you can say, yeah, dude, I smoked your weed. If I beat you in FIFA, I don't have to pay you. If you win, I have to buy you two times the amount of weed I smoked. No one can play as Brazil, though. And we'll move from that thread to a new thread in the Dope Talk subforum core topic, subforum drugs, subforum opiates, subforum heroin, in a thread started by underscore end user entitled East Coast Dope Reviews and Copping Advisories. And it goes like this. We all know the score with this one. However, this time, I thought it ought to be titled, quote-unquote, dope reviews, because not all, quote-unquote, East Coast cities use stamps, but the cooler ones definitely do. With that said, Baltimore warning. Be careful copping in Baltimore. Ever since the indictment of the six cops in the Freddie Gray case, the cops have largely been on, quote-unquote, strike. Brackets, albeit informally because they can't legally strike in the USA. How's that for freedom? And there are a lot of shootings, plus jackings, plus murders, hitting the city hard east to west. I myself tried to cop last week in East Baltimore and got shot and... <laughs> and got shot and no one gave a fuck. I'm pretty sure the cats who did it didn't even run afterwards. I mean, I wasn't necessarily looking, but usually gunshots weren't a police presence afterwards, no? For safety's sake, I'm going to give a location where it happened, around East Biddle plus Luzerine plus Preston in East Baltimore. Honestly, don't even fuck with it. So here's a review. Quote-unquote diesel stamp. Philadelphia. 
formerly Dream Chasers. Quality 5 out of 10, Count 4 out of 10, Rush 7 out of 10, Legs 6 out of 10. Overall decent, but nothing to quote-unquote write home about. And for clarity's sake, a stamp is a glassine envelope that heroin dealers sell heroin in and they usually put their branding stamp on it so you know to ask for whatever it is they think they want. And Cacophony adds, Yeah, man, I was deaf not impressed with Diesel when I first tried it a few weeks ago. Lately, it seems like Knockout right below where Avian is slash was is the super popular stamp in Philly. They sell out super fast and there's always a shitload of people streaming up there to cop. It's good, but super sketch with how many people are always around there trying to cop. And end user replies, yeah, Diesel just feels like a weird, consistent tranquilizer cut or something. Tried it again, wasn't anything special. I hate copping where large crowds congregate. Could be shit by the time I make it up there again. Brackets, possibly tomorrow. And Zoops adds, got some brown smack in DC last Thursday. The guy pumping it said it was quote-unquote strong, which usually means it's shit, but he was right. The count was a little light, but it was super good. When trying to crush it up the lumps, it molded into a pancake flat piece that can be broken up with the edge of a card, then sniffed. In DC, they sell dope in little Ziploc baggies, if you're lucky. Most of the time, it'll be the corner of a sandwich baggie all tied up tight, so there's no way you're going to get any out unless you get somewhere with privacy. And end user adds, Zoops, take the Megabus to the Badlands, Philadelphia one of these days. Take your junkie Hodge for real. And Chipper adds, No doubt the USA has some awesome dope history because it's so much bigger than what I am used to. We have never had quote-unquote stamps, for example. We have much different heroin subcultures. If only I had spare veins. It was earlier in time and I could be there to visit. Size. And Zoops adds, some interesting heroin I've been copying through my reliable connect in DC for the past five or six times. Seems like it's a cross between ECP and BTH. ECP is East Coast Powder Heroin and BTH is Black Tar Heroin. East Coast Powder is normally from Afghanistan and BTH is from Mexico generally. And it's not a powder, but more of like a brown gum. Even has a definite vinegar odor to it. Not overpowering, but it's there for sure. Comes in light to dark brown chunks that won't crush them in a powder, despite their being kind of hard. Brackets, he 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 said, quote unquote, hard, he he he. When I put one under a bill and rub a lighter across it, it just flattens out and then needs to be carefully scraped off the glass of the card, which comes off in one of those round pieces. Then it must be cut up with a knife into at least a coarse table salt grain type consistency slash size if one is sniffing it, as I am. I would like to fix up some of this dope to see how it would be. I shuddered to think of what kind of residue would be left in the cotton after filtering this brown dirt looking stuff though. Brackets, as an aside, rocking the edge of the knife back and forth directly on top of the piece of glass I used for my narcotics dulled the shit out of the damn near razor edge I put on that joint this morning with the very nice electric sharpener they have in the house. Usually those electric sharpeners are shit, especially for smaller pocket-sized knives, but this one is on time, Slim. Oh, and did I mention it's good dope too? Stoned as a mofo right now, peeps. Zoops out. And all night long suggests to end users suggestion about taking the Megabus to Philadelphia. I second this idea, Zoops. End user was able to help me with any questions I had while I was in Philly. And once I knew what the score was, it was super easy to come out of Kensington with what happened to be the best around that day. If I were to guess the stuff you get in D.C. is more likely from Be More and is cut before it makes it to the streets of D.C. The hour and 45 minute ride to Philly is well worth the time invested. If you know someone that has a car, that should make the trip even better. The only thing I found to suck was being in the hood without a car and having to rely on the trains to get around. I'm used to being able to jump in my car and go where I need to when I want, so not having a car definitely added a couple of hours to the trip. As junkies, we make do though, and to be honest, a couple extra hours copping is not all that out of the ordinary most days, right? And the one adds, Zoops, it looks like your area is starting to get true Mexican product. It looks like they are aggressively selling their own stuff, whereas before they were mainly transportation and distribution for others. Mexican product varies greatly, but mostly on the West Coast know it as something sticky with a scent of vinegar. The better stuff, IME, looks more like pieces of rock or asphalt. This stuff has no real smell or stickiness to it, and bigger pieces can be easily broken up by hand since it is so hard. The inside color will usually be darker when broken apart, and depending on the quality, can be snorted when you break it up into smaller pieces. The best is the actual powder that is now spreading, at least in Southern California, has a color that is very light shade of brown or tan and sometimes gray. This is not the gunpowder some are used to. Exposure to humidity or breathing on it will not solidify it. This is the real deal powder. 
Traditional BTH is always the cheapest and quality will vary. The BTH smokes very easily and is very sedating though, and depending on what you are used to may not like it. The hard rock-like stuff is usually pretty consistent. Smokes okay, better if you're able to snort it. The powder stuff is amazing. Almost always a high quality with legs and not as moderate. Don't smoke well but cooks up pretty well with almost no cut left after slight heat and filter. For what it's worth, this is just my experience in Southern California and Tijuana. I've read recently that the cartels are pushing a lot of powder in the East, and it looks like the West is now catching up. The powder is hard to find without knowing the right people, and is much pricier. The next time I have at least two of the three, I'll post a few pictures showing the differences. Sorry for the novel. There's no reason why sniffing small pieces of tar wouldn't work just like any other water-soluble drug. Most of the tar we cop out in Oakland is mashed up with coins and baking powder in pill bottles, so people can sniff it easily. The residual acetic acid would make it really painful, brackets, like when it's railed like it is when wet railed, but it should work just fine. Added, I guess I just repeated some of what Makita posted. As far as powdering tar for sniffing goes, typically they'll use quote-unquote clabber girl baking powder, not baking soda. Bicarb is too strong of a base for this. Do not use cornstarch. Bad idea. I suspect some of them use a variety of things, though. Brackets, you know how it is out there. You can't always get what you want. For a long time, my shots tasted like peanuts. Found out later is because they were mixing the dope with powdered hazelnut flavor creamer. It could have been worse. And end user ads. Okay, wow. Wait here, guys, wait. This is the typical quote-unquote DC brackets re-rocked raw, which is powder that has been cut and re-rocked, i.e. pressed into a rock again, presumably for anyone who has the impression the dope they are buying is ever coming quote-unquote off a key. Ha 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 ha. But people love to sell raw like that down in DC slash MD. They add moisture of some kind then press it back into a rock. This makes breaking the chunk of shit down much harder into a spoon than my stir lightly with 20 units cold water. Smiling with sunglasses emoticon. Then shoot and get high as fuck. A lot of times weird shit has come from those rocks when I put them in water too and it's never that strong. Always decent but never like shit. I gotta take careful with that shit right there type junk. The Mexicans are bringing us dope, that's for sure. But they are bringing us, brackets, us as in East Coast, their finest powders and leaving the West doing that tar shit? Why, oh why? And Nodfather adds, has anyone ran across these stamps? Anyway, this is what I think of them. Philly, brackets, Kensington, quote-unquote, Boardwalk Empire, black stamp on blue bag, rush seven, feeling 20 minutes after shot six, legs four, size seven. Overall, eh, probably 6.5 out of 10. It was pretty good, but it had that fentanyl feeling a bit. The rush was very heavy, but short and unsettling. Brackets, as if you were about to faint, but feel really good while doing it. New York, brackets, Washington Heights, quote-unquote, hot sauce, red stamp on white bag, rush eight, feeling 20 minutes after shot seven, legs seven, size five. Overall, 7.7. .7 out of 10, the rush is great, very heroin-like. I say that because a lot of the rushes we on the East Coast have been feeling are contributed to the fentanyl that's been a popular cutting agent. This rush came on hard, smooth, and lasted like 45 seconds, fading into a steady high like it should be. The rush correlated with the high, also leaves a good taste in the mouth. And end user writes, exclusive brackets, Kenzo PA. Rush, 6 out of 10, count 5, legs, 3 out of 10, service, Ease, brackets, ease, availability, professionalism, nine. Overall, five out of 10, brackets, not impressed. And Shibby Bag writes, Caution at A Street and Silver Street has been on point past week. Also, Taco Bell at Lawrence and Indy has been solid. Also, there's Badfish at Ella and Indy that I haven't tried yet, but I've heard a lot of people talking about down there. And Zoops ads. Just thought I'd chime in here. Last couple of times I've scored in DC, it's been some shit that looks really strange, like a rock of some yellowish burnt slash burnt ochre colored stuff. And when slammed, it's been cut with some pass the fuck outium or something. I woke up on my bedroom floor twice last time I copped this dope. Eyes all blurry and disoriented, but it's definitely dope, but just not that enjoyable. Hope it's not that same shit next time I go and cop. Look out for this stuff if you're copping in DC. It looks like burnt ochre colored crayon or some shit. Same consistency, but it breaks down in water pretty easily. The rock is still fucking on time over here though. Always got the good hard in DC, the district of crack. And Jega adds, it's possible I've never had good tar, but I've never had tar that cab hold a candle to really bomb ass ECP. And Spore adds, Patterson, New Jersey, brackets, quote-unquote, street life, blue stamp on white cell phone or whatever those egg rolls and fried noodles come in. Rush little to none as I have shit veins and snorted but decent glow and euphoria. Feeling 20 minutes after snort, 7 to low 8. 
legs five to six, size one as in at first, just did a second step about an hour or two later. Wasn't paying attention. Overall, seven and a half out of 10. The glow slash euphoria is great. I'm sure I'd get more bang for buck banging. I have rigs, but tiny rolly veins and only visible in my wrists, but I have a needle phobia. Waste of dope and money, but lots of recommended not going down the needle route. If I had a pick line or portacath, I would use that for sure. First time doing dope since 2012. I get morphine, ER, and hydromorphone, but I'm in W slash D in pain from my nerve and muscle atrophy slash shortening. Refill date is Tuesday and I was desperate, plus the cold exacerbates the pain. I'm sure I'd be nodding if my tolerance wasn't so high. I sometimes, brackets most times, take 200 milligrams morphine oral from sexual abuse as a kid. I'm not big on plugging, but I have done it here and there. Just a pain in the ass. No pun maybe or not intended. Ha ha. This quote-unquote street life is making me verbose and has completely reversed my W slash D, lifted my mood, and I don't notice my 24 slash 7 pain. Overall, I'm middlemanned and two people were involved, so I got ripped off, but I watched too much cops, so I'm not like Snoop Dogg where I can roll up in the hood. Again, no pun maybe or not intended. The two middlemen were addicts themselves, one a dope fiend who told me he can get fired during the day anytime, and the other's DOC, drug of choice, is liquor. So as an addict, I feel their plight, but it's expensive. But again, being bedbound and being paranoid of poop, poop, and drug <laughs> and drug dealers, since I'm half white slash half Hispanic, I'd feel they'd see me coming. I have street smarts as and I know the lingo and what I've learned from the file, the opiophile, and here and shit, I just have way too much anxiety and they can read that on you and sometimes makes them nervous. I've gotten as close to a boob since 2013 as the stamps were stored in a bra. Haha, <laughs> but as you all know, my sex drive is non-existent, but I would love companionship and I know admitting this as a man is a no-no, I'd love to snuggle, cop feels and get a blowjob and go down, but actual sex, eh. First, it takes me more than 30 minutes usually to come and I just have no desire and feel sex itself is overrated unless you are in love with the person or have a strong attachment to them. I'm a rambling man. See, this shit makes me verbose. Much love and peace times infinity to you all. Hope all are well. Lates. And end user ads. I have more to say on this. Put seriously, I fucking hate middlemen. Good dope is so easy to cop in the NE. It really shows someone's character who is middlemanning someone in a fucking wheelchair. Like seriously though. Assholes. Thanks for the review though. This thread needs more Patterson Jersey action. There is some S Jersey action, but nearly no North Jersey action. Fucking middlemen. I also want to hear more about open air and be more right now. When I've gathered my luck, fate, and fortune into my hand and threw it at be more, I've usually got shitty rolls of the dice. Last time I went there, the area around Mondowman Mall and Reservoir Road was pretty much dead. The east side was just somewhere I didn't want to be, and I got shot there. Granted, this was at night and not my idea to go at all. I've scored in the northwest area around Dumbarton Ave a few times. Good scramble. But I don't really know shit about dope and be more other than what people usually cop in said areas and break down and the few times I've cold cop there with incredibly different results each time. Be more is no fucking playground, so I would really appreciate the input of more be more members in this forum. In addition to North Jersey. And where is Philly D? Crying emoticon twice. And Juan Corleone 02 writes. I know this is East Coast thread, but in my opinion, on the West Coast, with so much legal weed, we no longer need it from MX. Soon as enough poppy has been planted to replace the weed and enough talented chemists invited to work for the cartels making the highest quality white number four, we see a flood of said white on the West Coast, brackets with pills harder and more expensive than ever to get, and the fact that the biggest growing demographic for H are white women in high school slash college kids who may be more into sniffing what looks like blow than smoking what looks like poop. West Coast gets inundated with HQ number four powder and then perhaps El Chapo tells the Colombians to pound sand and closes the loop on the East Coast as well. Then he can go back to swapping stories with Manuel Noriega and Whitey Bulger in whatever federal fortresses they are in. And we'll leave that thread to go to a new thread in the Dope Talk subform core topics, subform drug subform orbit subform heroin in a thread started by Caesar entitled, Are Drugs So Expensive Where You Live That You're Embarrassed to Buy Them? And it goes like this. I'm putting this in heroin because the people you have to get it from and the quantity for the price is beyond reproach. Also, I'm really a heroin addict more so than any other drug, and I'd rather speak to other heroin addicts about drugs. 
In Minnesota, I think I have had a lot less serious drug habit than I would have had many places because the scene here is so ridiculously bad. I liked the scene in LA very much and was able to find a high volume guy who dealt with regs like me who don't buy tons. In the case of weed, some prefer legal, some don't. I don't care either way because I have people who go to Cali and Colorado regularly, but in a perfect world like this site, quote unquote, in the interest of harm reduction, maybe they could just make all those fucking drugs legal. The prohibition of hard drugs is causing meth addicts to ingest rat poison on a regular basis. Shooters like me who do coke have to be vigilant for all kinds of nasty cuts, some of which might even be cheap stimulants. When I was doing heroin, this shit around here made my piss smell, probably like whatever poison they cut it with. My psychiatrist, who gives me a drop in the bucket of what I really need, tells me not to do street drugs, because you never know what's in them. Well, I'm sick of the AMA. I'm sick. I like drugs. I need drugs. But an eight ball of coke means I don't get to smoke weed for several days. So please rant in response because ranting is awesome. But does anyone else have a drug market as shitty as Minneapolis, where an eight ball of super duper cut yayo is $220, and if you try to pay more for 100% quality, you get screwed. Before all the legal stuff started moving in from California and more people began growing, weed was $400 an ounce. Brackets, that's probably not a bad price on the East Coast, but for MN, it's bad. There is no speed here. None. No meth. There are really no hard drugs on a regular basis, period, other than cut up Coke and $60 for 0.1 gram of heroin. Somebody please tell me they have it worse. And Snout replies, I wish I could give you some schadenfreude, but I can't. I'm clean now, brackets, thank God. But Seattle has fantastic dope and is really affordable. Like $65 for a gram of tar, that 0.25 gram will have most people slurring their speech and falling asleep mid-sentence. And neighbor adds, so wait, are you asking about heroin or coke or meth? The further you are from a major hub, obviously the weaker the scene will be. I thought Minneapolis had a decent amount of drugs running through it. And as far as cuts that make your piss smell, IDK, I've never experienced that and I've shot a lot of coke. Maybe you had asparagus before the shot, or maybe it was cut with asparagus. Who knows? The struggle is real. Asparagus is cheap. And Spectre adds, Any place I've lived, it has always been about knowing the right people. I've never lived somewhere real remote either, but I've paid crazy money for drugs and I've gotten good deals and it's always been about who you know. There are times where I can't believe I've paid what I've paid, although I'm clean now. Thank God, like somebody else said. In the end, though, it doesn't matter if you're getting good deals on drugs or not because eventually you pay the price. Like the time I had unlimited resources and a cheap Opana Connect. Lasted about two months, getting Opana 40s for $15. I thought I was living the dream at the time. Boy, did I pay a fucking tax on those later. In sweat, snot, and diarrhea. And Illadelph215 writes, I may be repeating or stating the obvious or not what you were looking for, but I can try TK, throw some input in my experiences. Like Spectre said, it's obviously you know and location. When I lived in MD and VA, I laid out the ass for per <laughs> I laid out the ass for perk 30s and got weed, coke, and super crack cheap because they were prevalent. I remember paying 25 for 30s and being kind of pissed in 09 in MD. Usually they were 20. Now I live in Philly and everything is cheap except 30s. You're paying 30 a pop no matter what and the peeps will try the 35 deal, but fuck that. To me, it's all on who I trust the most, location, location, and time. But as far as heroin, again, you gotta know people who bum middleman shit and then it's 60 all day for a bundle or G of good product. Basically, every drug besides painkillers are cheap and prevalent here. IDK if this helps or made any sense. I'm sorry and am on a K-pin sub weed buzz and can't comprehend a lot, but I tried. If what I wrote was legible and you have questions in there, if I didn't, answer your thread I'm sorry lol. And Junkette writes, Damn, I thought I was getting fucked bad here in Wisconsin, lol. But no, it's pretty cheap here. MKE is only an hour and 45 minutes away from Chicago, which probably has an effect on cost. And the WSPK writes, What does a G of boy cost in WI where you are? In Milwaukee? And 39 milligram oxycodone, quote unquote, blues? And Jagger replies, They have never been so expensive that I've been embarrassed to buy them, but they have been so expensive that I've been pissed I haven't had any money left before. And One Way Only writes, You, my friend, have not met many like-minded people in Minneapolis. Trust me, there is fire tar or ECP for less than 140 a gram. Now, I guess that could be expensive compared to elsewhere, but the quality is very good. Buying more than 3 grams should not be more than 300. Now, unless you had a good plug, getting 3 Gs of fire for 300 is good to me. <laughs> this is like the sentences are insane. 
Now, unless you had a good plug, getting 3Gs of fire for 300 is good to me. I can see how meeting people is hard for a new person, but I have only been around a year and found my way. Good luck on findings. And Reezy writes, Not exactly where I live, but a buddy of mine that I hadn't talked to in a while, brackets, he had moved to Texas to get clean and stuff, but now it is back in Louisiana, not just the NOLA. But we were bullshitting on Facebook, and basically I found out he started getting high again. I can't and haven't bought pills or dope in over a year. I can only do the legal gig. So he loves his hydromorphones, brackets, as much as the next guy. So he's talking about, brackets, when the eights roll through. So I'm like, quote, unquote, how much those going for now? Literally, he replied this thread title, quote, unquote, I'm kind of embarrassed to say I, quote, unquote, lol, come on, quote, unquote, $40 a pop. I'm like, quote, unquote, are you fucking serious? I'm like, holy shit, I wonder what Roxy's are now. They're still $1 a milligram. When I was doing Roxy's, I could get 30s for 15 if I bought a lot. But then it was 20, 25, 30. Then I said, quote unquote, gram of dope for $100, please. And the talking asshole writes, this is why I love me my pills. Pills for everything. No coke and heroin, but pharmaceutical grade everything else. I will always make that trade. Would I rather line the pockets of drug companies or drug cartels? I guess for now, as much as I hate to admit it, I can't say as both destroy millions of lives a year. I live in a bullshit small town. Before 0809, weed was 30 an ounce for medical and 80 for Mexi brick weed. 150 for quote unquote beasters, haha. Oxy was $10 for 30 milligrams until 09 when they went from 12 to 15 as habits got out of control for everyone. Seven years later, Oxy is a dollar milligram. Dilaudid is the new drug of choice for the new gen of IV users created by how it used to be. You can still find doctors, but they are limited to scripting 180 pills a month of instant release, 90 to 120 of extended release. No real regulations KN this, but those are the numbers to stay under the radar of the DEA and prescription monitoring system. Medical Bud is now the standard. 10 a gram or 150 to 240 an ounce, depending on how far up the chain you know the Coke is the same. Decent quality can be had at $50 a gram. Still amazing meth. 1 16th brackets a teenth is 10 to 20. Now and then there will be shrooms for insanely cheap, 2 to $3 a gram, and LSD for $10 a hit or 80 for 10 hits, 100 for 6 to $650. I live between a port city and a metro area with over a million people and a lot of tourists, so there should be assholes of... Dr- <laughs> so there should be ass loads of drugs here, and they have to be cheap since everything else is too. I would hate to live in the Midwest. And Tainted replies, It seems to be only the county I live in, but the price of Coke and pills and H is fucking ridiculous here. Roxy's and Dilaudid go for $30 to $35 normally. Brackets, although you can find them for $20 to $25 very rarely. H is normally $20 a point, and it's absolute fucking garbage if you have the slightest tolerance. Brackets, I've been doing .6 a gram, and I am underwhelmed. Coke has been insanely priced for me, $100 a gram, $200 a ball, but it's not my DOC. I got two connects for it and one sells rock, brackets, so it's not surprising they jacked up the price of powder. But if you drive literally an hour, an hour and a half to Orlando, and you can get a gram of H for like $100, and it's normally two to three times the quality. I don't know why the fuck my county is so expensive, but it's definitely not just me. I've lived here for eight years, and quite a few other people have complained, same as me. I have half a dozen connects for H, all $20 for either a point or somewhere under a point, $120 to $20 a gram, but it's either such total garbage that half a gram won't even keep me well all day, or I have one connect that has quote-unquote boy that's a white powder dissolves clear, reagent test doesn't react, brackets, but heroin, opium, morphine, and fent all should, and two points puts me on the verge of OD, brackets, I've heard two people died this past week that bought off dude. Talk about shitty choices across the board. Can pay $35 for a Dilaudid, $100 to stay good for three quarters of the day, or $20 to $40, but I'm playing Russian roulette with an unknown drug. Brevard County, Florida, the Space Coast. And we'll move from that thread to a new thread in the Dope Talk Forum, subforum, general discussions for members, in a thread by Tainted, entitled... IV drugs and water supply, brackets, tap slash bottled slash sterile. And it goes like this. I don't know how to make this into a poll, but that's probably not necessary. So I normally use tap water to IV in areas I'm familiar with, brackets. Certain areas I've noticed the city water will give me cotton fever every time. Had apartments like that. But last night at 7 p.m., something happened to cause a boil water notice for my whole town. I had done two shots, one worked, one missed with like 15 units. What do you all do for your water source to avoid things like this happening? 
I just never seem to get around to checking for boil water alerts before doing shots as they're infrequent and they aren't even always on the news. Sometimes, brackets, sometimes I have to go to the city website to see if there's a boil water notice. If I've been getting cotton fever frequently, that could be the cause. I'd read that bottled water doesn't actually have to follow the same inspection protocols that tap water does. Not positive it's true, but it made me think that tap water is better almost. So what does everyone else do? I'm guessing most people are like me and just use whatever tap water slash bottled water is closest slash easiest. But if anyone's got a quick, easy method to improve safety, I'm all ears. And Chipper adds, find a sterile water source like a pharmacy or NX, of course. What do you do if you can't find any water at all? Junkies get creative and inject their own blood after drawing it out first. You never know if you'll have to do this. Just boil a lot and leave it refrigerated? Never caused me grief or boiled bottled water in both cases. I wouldn't leave it out for more than two to three days. I always have a kettle full of water and keep boiling the same water just prior to a shot, but our water is so safe that the medically supervised injection center, brackets, thanks Sydney, even recommended it and provided a water source for use with larger barrels. And Dopeless Hope Fiend writes, Well, I haven't been an active IV user for eight and a half years, so the availability of supplies like sterile water at needle exchange sites has increased dramatically. When I was still using, I have to admit I was pretty indiscriminate with my water sources when it came to being dope sick. Looking back, I shudder when I think about some of the shit I'd used if I didn't have a bottle of water with me. Puddle water, water from a toilet tank, Fuck, I dropped a spoon on the floor and spilled my hit in a gas station bathroom once. It was the only dope I had. I threw a cotton down, drew that nasty shit up. Just the thought of that now gives me the heebie jellies. And dog food replies, live within a mile of one of the Great Lakes. Always have used cold tap water, and I haven't had an abscess or even cotton fever as long as I can remember IVing brackets knocks on wood. I don't plan on getting either anytime soon either, as I now can't use for a couple of years now. And Dilly Dude L14 writes, I use tap water in my house and places I'm familiar with. If I'm using in a parking lot or something, I use either bottled water, or if I don't have that, I fill up a container with tap water or fountain water, or water fountain water. I'm sure it's not the absolute best way to get water, but that's how I do it, lol. And Doug Rounds replies, I use bottled water exclusively. I've never given much thought to the quality of H2O I drop into that dart. I'm typically more concerned with the quality of the dope as opposed to the water. And Green Spade writes, I've been using a bottle of quote-unquote smart water. I thought it was pure vapor distilled water, but I just read it and it says it has electrolytes quote-unquote for flavor. The ingredients say water, calcium chloride, magnesium chloride, and potassium carbonate. Does anyone know if this is okay to be doing? I figure electrolytes are pretty natural and okay to be in your body. I prefer to get jugs of distilled water and I have some, but they haven't been cleaned in a while, meaning I've refilled them quite a few times. You guys think I should use that instead? I've been using this smart water bottle for a while now. And Body Tech adds, I would think that the added electrolytes would help keep you healthy whilst on lowered nutrients due to drug use and not eating enough. JK, winking emoticon. And Chipper ends the thread by saying, I'd imagine that microwaving a little water can't be a bad thing. And we'll end this episode by reading a thread in the Dope Talk subform, Core Topics subform, Substance Usage Management, User Experiences, etc. In a thread started by Sky Conan entitled, Ever been high in an inappropriate setting? Post your story here. And it goes like this. Same question the title states. For example, I was 15 and at third plateau of a DXM trip while I was eating dinner with my fam. That night will go down as the weirdest night I've had. Bugged out emoticon. And Griffin adds, I wasn't high, but I drank a bottle of vodka when I was 16 before a school dance. I then proceeded to tell my principal when he caught me and was suspending me that I was fucking his wife, who was a teacher, and that I knew he had a coke smuggling ring going through the library. Neither were true, but it's funny to me that that shit came out of my mouth. He was trying to call my parents at the time. I gave him my number, and when he called, my phone started ringing right in front of him. At least he gave me shit for it and told me all the stupid stuff I said. I was already fucked. I didn't make it too much worse. I kind of sold out a friend, but then... Then again, he was bleeding from the face on the ground trying to do some breakdancing. I wouldn't have had anyone to hang out with the nine days we were suspended. I also kind of saved both our lives through all this. We had bought concert tickets for a show the next day that we were going to go to with a bunch of friends, too. Our parents didn't let us go for getting suspended the night before. The guys we were supposed to ride with ended up getting really drunk at the concert and crashing on the way home. 
The driver died almost instantly. He was such an amazing person, too. My other friend who was in the front seat had pretty serious injuries. His spleen had to be taken out, and he was in the hospital for about a week. He saw David, who didn't have his seatbelt on, and went through the windshield into a tree, breaking his neck. He tried to revive him, which I can't even begin to understand how traumatizing that had to be for him. They had an open casket for whatever reason, and he didn't even look the same. It's still hard to think about. I graduated with less than 100 people, and seven people in my grade died from car accidents before we graduated. Two were from drunk driving, two were from racing down a road that had huge potholes. They hit one going 100, and the girl who lived was driving lost her arm, and the other two died. Three were for driving too fast on the highway going to the lake for spring break. A tire blew out, and they were going about 100 and crashed and killing everyone but the driver. It sucks how many people I lost before I was 18. Fuck cancer and car wrecks. Sorry for the off-topic rant. And neighbor ads. I don't want to sound rude or condescending, but asking if anyone here has ever gotten high in an inappropriate setting is like asking if the Pope shits in the woods. And the SWBK writes, Trees are banned in the Vatican. I've made it a tradition to nod out real hard every Christmas for the past five years in front of the extended family. Ha ha. And Z ads. Beat me to it. Have you ever been sober in an appropriate place? My worst is probably when my mother-in-law died. At the funeral, I nodded off on the casket, which was thankfully closed. I wasn't the only one either. To be that fucked up, that is. Not to nod off in the casket. Imagine ten folks all face down the casket at the same time. Funerals are rough even when you expect them. Another is in the bathroom beside where my wife was in labor with our second kid. Literally the other side of the door from the doctor's and all was me cooking up my dope. I justified it saying it was a long labor. 24 hours is long when you are addicted to short acting copies. At least that was my excuse three. And Smacky Doodle 2.0 writes, Too many times to mention. Being high at church always fucked with me. Family dinners too. One time I nodded out and did a face plant into the mashed potatoes at Thanksgiving dinner. Staying up for a few days and trying to step into a slipknot mosh pit, while it may not be too inappropriate, was a really bad fucking idea. And Zoopsats. Yeah, no shit, are bears Catholic? Just about every time I'm high, which is pretty damned often, it's in some sort of inappropriate setting. One occasion comes to mind, Thanksgiving 1991, when a 19-ish-year-old Zoops was first experimenting with methadone. Took only about 30 to 40 milligrams, brackets don't remember honestly, since it was all one big dose all blurred together. We were at my aunt's house, brackets mom's older sister, happily munching away when I literally passed out right at the table into my mashed potatoes. Only got a bit of gravy on my nose, because in my stupor I still had enough sense to steer my plummeting head away from my plate. I was literally drooling on myself. Still don't know why that whole incident didn't trigger a full tilt boogie intervention type scenario being acted out. Brackets love that expression, quote unquote, full tilt boogie. Try to use it in everyday conversation. It's fun. After that, and after the customary, quote unquote, I'm just really tired excuse, the talk around the table turned to, quote unquote, those good old days back in the 60s when we smoked a lot of grass. My aunt was all like, quote unquote, I used to buy a nickel lid and it would last me a week. And Razor Girl adds, I once snorted NYC ECP bags in the bathroom of the VP's residence, a.k.a. the Naval Observatory, during a Christmas party there. Brackets, really quite a place, right next to the Brit Embassy on 3400 Mass Ave for you non-DCers. I got ripped. All was surreal after that. And Illadelph215 writes, This isn't really answering your question, but you talking about the DXM trip triggered my memory of this embarrassing story. I once decided it was a good idea to drink two bottles and quote-unquote robo-trip on my second day of opiate withdrawal. It actually kind of helped and kept my mind off things until I went to go take a piss. Brackets, this was at my parents' house, BTW. Well, if you've done DXM, along with many other side effects, it affects your balance. I was kind of bending over the toilet, holding onto the top to keep enough balance to aim. Well, once I figured I was stable enough in my twisted state of mind, I attempted to pee. Instead, my body decided otherwise, and I literally shot piss out of my ass. Brackets, yes, that horrible withdrawal diarrhea. I couldn't stop, and by the end, there was watery shit all over. Stretching across the pretty flower wallpaper, all over the magazine holder and magazines, and drenched to the carpet my mother had just purchased. <laughs> My parents were working, but my brother came home and found me trying to clean up my masterpiece, obviously doing a horrible job since I was tripping balls, and he threw me in the shower and thankfully helped me by cleaning the best he could. Needless to say, I helped my dad redo the bathroom that summer. And Suboxitute writes, 
let's see, probably not too appropriate to be really high at management meetings at my old job. I was COO, brackets, chief operating officer, and also a shareholder, brackets, not to brag, just to say what a huge blow it was financially and otherwise to lose that job frowning emoticon. Opiates would make me talk and talk and talk, brackets, kind of like how I write posts. And then benzos would remove any inhibition I had about what I was talking about. So yeah, I thought I had super good ideas, but not so much. I was there for about six years ago before I started using again, brackets, I had used in my 20s and then picked up again many years later. So my initial work and reputation had helped me stay much longer than I should have been tolerated. Yeah, my ideas really weren't that good, but I sure had a lot to say about them. They couldn't figure out what was up for a long time. And Narcoticon writes, During my aunt's husband's funeral, at my uncle's funeral, at my older sister's 40th birthday party, her co-workers kept looking at me nod. While driving my car in me early 20s, two reckless driving charges, two DUIs. In class a few times at center, mainly DXM and Coke. In class a several times the two weeks when I transferred to Oberlin. Only two weeks B slash C I went to rehab after. Lots of different drugs. Almost every Oberlin student used drugs of some sort. At my graduation from center, brackets, I had transferred back. In the interim, I went to university of Cincinnati for a month, high almost every time, coke and crack in upper-level Latin class, used in my car in the parking lot, at my mother's retirement party during my senior year at Center, Tussinex. During beginning of senior year at Center, I took a lot of clonopin from an old script that was hidden from me, missed psychology class, went to the rest high, at all three of my workplaces several times, nodded off, at my student work job study in the library, at classes in grad school at the University of Kentucky before I dropped out, poppy pod tea and hydrocodone, nodded off during Latin 505, brackets Latin and Greek poetry, at the methadone clinic for the first two months, coke and crack, my regular counselor was out sick and her bitchy boss saw me, said I was purposely trying to speedball, nope, just couldn't get high on opiates anymore, coke and crack for getting high on something I could feel. That's all I can think of at the moment. I'm sure there are more I'm forgetting. And the SWPK writes, again, multiple times during sex with multiple women, especially if she was on top. A few times going down on a girl, I would just nod off. Since they were users too, most didn't make a big deal about it. Some would just keep going or nod off themselves. For some reason, having my partner nod out while we're together turns me on. Brackets, not in like a creepy, quote unquote, I want to bang unconscious women way. Don't get me wrong. Due to opiate use, I haven't finished with a partner in over two years. I have to fake it, or my partners think something's wrong with them. Any other guys been there? It really, really sucks. I didn't reach orgasm the entire time I was with my last girlfriend. Even if I'm starting to get sick, I can't finish. I think I have a mental block. And end user ads. Try this. Maybe it works because I think my woman is the most beautiful girl on earth, or maybe it just works for me, but this is how I get there. Even when sober, I have difficulty climaxing when my legs are bent, brackets like knees bent sitting position. So when it's time for me to try and climax, my partner is lying on her stomach and I'm going at it from behind. It's a weird position to explain, but it's like if y'all were doing doggy style, then collapse on the bed and straightened out a little bit, still face down. Like push up position on top of your partner except your knees are on the bed on the outside of your partner's face down body aligned with her knees then allow your knees to give you leverage and being now parallel to each other do full long thrust with your hips plus knees while also using your arms to move your body up and down getting a full body thrust motion concentrate and come if you try this when doing it right you will feel the difference that wasn't clear at all stomach to back to stomach, to bed. And Andy adds, While working at the post office, I partook of many drugs. My apologies if you never received that card from Granny for Xmas. I didn't take the card, I just typed in whatever the fuck I could comprehend because Granny writes like shit and heroin makes it hard to decipher that code. Especially when it goes from 10 key to 20 key. And my ass. I've stuck plenty of morphine up there. Don't think Thoms is innocent with this one either. Sorry, babe, I had to out you. Of course, you could say that was appropriate when all you have is a spike that's as sharp as a spoon. And Diacetylmorphine Fiend writes, Scoring heroin in Philadelphia on a family Christmas vacation, then nodding out everywhere really pissed my parents off last year. 
and the SWPK ads again. I think someone earlier mentioned nodding off in church. Once or twice a year, I will bite the bullet and go to church with my grandmother just to make her happy since she will very likely pass away soon. One of those times, I thought it would be a good idea to go ahead and shoot a 40 milligram oxymorphone I had before church instead of waiting a measly hour for church to be over. Well, I hadn't had a shot in almost 24 hours and I was in WDs. So needless to say, it hit me with the force of a semi truck. I made a fool out of myself and embarrassed my poor grandmother by head bobbing the length of the service. I remember standing with everyone to sing some hems and nodding off and coming to still standing after everyone had long sat down. If only it had, if only it had been a Catholic church instead of a Southern Baptist one. All the standing, sitting, and kneeling might have kept me awake, but alas, in many Southern Baptist churches, you don't move around much. Probably the most inappropriate setting was aboard a very large and busy semi-submersible oil rig. I was standing next to a breaker panel to spot my co-worker if a breaker was thrown so he wasn't left without light in a dangerous hole and to make sure a piece of equipment stayed powered off, brackets, tag out. I kept it together, and once he was out, excused myself and left work to go buy an energy drink. At that point, I realized that someone could have come along and turned on the equipment while he was repairing and electrocuted my buddy, or he could have been trapped in the dark down there and gotten hurt or worse. After that, I never used more than just enough to get well when I was working, unless it was an off-season job where I wasn't an electrician. And Zoops quotes, Razor Girl's post, which I read earlier, and writes, This is only a few days before he died, which I know was during the first week of October, like the 4th to the 7th. Rest easy, Doug. And I did notice that it said, Deceased, above his tag. So, this is true, he is dead. And Trap Lord 69 adds, I used to see a therapist and Suboxone doctor once a month and flew off the rails when I got back with my ex-girlfriend. Her dealer friend that she had made while we were broken up pushed serious coke and fronted us half an ounce of blow that he legit chopped off a brick right in front of us. Needless to say, we were geeted, alternating between smoking crack and IVing coke and heroin. We stayed up for three days straight, and my appointment happened to be on the third day. I was a mess, literally smoking crack the entire ride there and in the parking lot of the doctor's office. My sub-doctor piss-tests me, but luckily didn't supervise patients pissing. I had a visine bottle filled with clean piss and subox that had literally been sitting in my car for four plus months, and lo and behold, it tested clean for everything but subs to my extreme pleasure. I was really nervous that the bupe would have either degraded or somehow made me pop for something else after having been sitting that long, not refrigerated, although it was winter for part of that time. It's crazy to me thinking back on these insane ordeals I would get myself into a few years ago as I'm now stabilized on subs and a very occasional chipper. Have to really jog my memory to even remember a lot of these past situations, which these forums slash topics helped me to do. Good times and bad times as well, I suppose. And Makita adds, Traplord69, LOL, been there. I used to stay up for days shooting coke and then go to my weekly methadone pickups with blood all over my shirt, my arms, etc. and use someone else's clean slash methadone piss that sat in the hot car every day for a month until it was cloudy and practically brown so I could keep doing it. But probably the most inappropriate time I was high was in undergrad. In a meeting with one of my teachers that was supposed to be about my final project, which is about my drug use. He hated my attitude and how I wasn't ashamed or desperate to get clean and how and how that was what the work was about. He was lecturing me about all that under the guise of trying to improve my work, and I straight up nodded off right in the middle of our conversation. Pretty surprising considering how pissed off at him I was, but it was like one minute I'm fuming, the next minute my eyes are closing. He totally clocked me doing it and was super condescending about it, as if I proved his point or something about what a fuck-up I was. I wasn't even using heroin at that point. I was on the clinic but I didn't want to give him the satisfaction of thinking I was trying to quit. And Daughter of Dionysus ends the thread by saying, Yesterday, Hero and I went to get some somas from my mom. She was so fucked up. She could barely talk. Mom, how many do you need? Like 10 or however many you took. I took that many. Okay, Ma. Yeah, babe, you are fucked up. Brackets, he calls most females that. It's a southern thang. Can we not call my mother babe, babe? Ooh, babe. Just have a seat. Where? I don't know, Ma. How about a chair? Finally, she sits down, counts out my pills, and I notice that look that Hero is ready to leave. Yet he continues to indulge her. Finally, she admits that she's fucked up. 
How appropriate is this? Well, what did you think of that? Drugsandusers.org. A place to talk about drugs. And the users, I suppose. Well, I hope that you enjoyed me reading from drugsandusers.org. It is a site formed in the memory of Opiophile, a place for harm reduction, talking about people with similar issues getting together to discuss them in a casual and supportive way. Not a lot of uh, shaming or whatnot, because they're all in the same boat. The boat of pretty hardcore drug addiction. Yeah, I was going to read a thread about the tenderloin since uh, I was just there in October and was shocked at how fucked up that part of San Francisco is. But um, I had the unfortunate experience of staying in the Tenderloin for about 10 days, during which I was repeatedly like, what the fuck is happening here? Uh, Lots of people smoking heroin and uh, shooting heroin and smoking crack in the open. I know it was recommended that I take a shuttle to and from the venue that we were working at, but I like walking and... uh, that place is crazy. But these days, heroin is everywhere. It's been everywhere for a long time. And uh, certainly, I know Staten Island has had a ton of overdose deaths this year uh, in the last few years. So everyone who's out there, don't be dummies. Do your research. Make sure you're staying safe. I was actually having a discussion last night after seeing the Thrilling Adventure Hour in New York that uh, of the drugs I have tried in my life, heroin and cocaine are ones that have never interested me. I've been offered cocaine, never heroin. I've been offered heroin in the street by drug dealers, but by friends, I've been offered cocaine and have said no. And that is like directly related to the anti-drug education that I had as a child. And also every anecdotal story I've ever heard, besides being a lot of fun, um, that the downsides are bad. And I believe there was a kid in my high school who had such a bad coke problem that his family had to kick him out. And my high school was connected to the YMCA. It was part of this YMCA building in New York. And he had to live in the YMCA and go to high school. So that's a rumor. I don't remember if it's 100% true at this point. It's been quite a while since I thought of that story. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that uh, if you are a opiate addict that uh, you are managing to try and stay healthy. And don't shoot electrolytes into your arm with smart water. I'm pretty sure that's not the best way to get electrolytes into your body. It's also what plants crave. So um, since we live in an idiocracy now, it's good to know quotes from that movie. Anyway, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Lou Reads the Internet for You. So my name's Lou. This has been Lou Reads the Internet for You, Dope Talk Edition. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.